Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm your host Jordan Prince and this week I am riding solo. Solo, solo. It has been a while since I came to you guys with a solo episode, and I discussed the reasons why with Mo um, a couple of days ago. Basically, it was the fact that sometimes I find this show um, can be a means of therapy for me. I find it, like when I do these solo episodes, it can be a good chance for me to lay certain thoughts out in a very clear manner and help me first off discover how i feel about them <laughs> how i how i feel about these feelings um uh, but also just to try and understand what is actually on my mind and when i talk about it in this kind of format it helps me feel less jumbled if that makes sense so um i requested to know if he would be all right that this week I, I take a run for it by myself. Um, and he so kindly understood. So here we are. But basically, what I want to talk about in today's episode, um, I think is a really like unique topic that people who have moved abroad will either, re- re- either they'll really understand it or they will at least be able to sympathize with it. And what's, so what's going on, um, actually, is that the last, uh, so we've talked about the fact that my mom has been uh, living with us, or, or like staying, you know, with us um, since October, some, no, 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 since September 9th, she came. So, so it's been, you know, the better part of two months, uh, which has just been great, you know, and I think with my mom going up and in, having anyone around that you're not around that much. Like, let me rephrase that. When you're not around someone very often normally, like, you know, my mom lives in Tennessee and I live here, so we see each other usually twice a year. Um, and then all of a sudden you're with people for every day for eight weeks. Um, of course, things go in waves. Some days are great, some days are totally normal, and some days... Um, people can be just sort of socially exhausted from, from one another. Uh, my mom included, you know, she, she's told us before, I'm a little burned out today. I think I need to hang back. And I, and I completely understand that. Um, but the, the, the topic today isn't really about her as much as about my dad. And I've, I think I've mentioned, um, my complex relationship to my dad on the show before, but this particular visit that he's on now has once again really reminded me of how different we are. And when I mentioned before that I think people who have moved abroad will really understand this, I, I think we're even further apart than we used to be um, n- now that I see him visiting the country that I live in. You know what I mean? Like when I go to his home turf, then I'm also in my home turf. We're both in America, and whether or not we agree on uh, 
on politics, which we never do, we're still like coming from the same place. And there's some sort of foundational groundwork that's been laying before us where we can kind of weave our way out of any sort of serious trouble relationship-wise. But what's interesting right now, and the reason I wanted to do a solo episode to try and talk these things out is um, now I'm an immigrant living in Germany, an American living in Germany, and I've been here for six years. And this visit uh, of my dad, which he's still here, actually. Um, He's just not in the room with me. (laughs) Um, But what's interesting about this time is that He's here, and he's here for two weeks, and I think we are just getting into the second week now, and he has been bringing up so many different things about his political views and uh, and personal views about the world, um, seemingly out of nowhere. I mean, he he knows that that we don't. <laughs> he knows that Ify and I don't. Um, agree with just about anything that he believes politically. But for some reason, he he does bring these topics up over and over. And, I, and I'll get into these topics individually um, in a bit to show you where, where this complexity, you know, grow, grows even further. But basically, I'm, 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 I'm an immigrant in Germany now. And when your parent visits that country that you've made your home, I think there's a different kind of pressure than it would be if you had just moved to another area in your home country. Like I was born in in Mississippi there and we lived in Louisiana for a long time. And let's say if I had just stayed in Louisiana and they had moved up to Tennessee then I think it would be different. You know, we're still technically uh, in the South and it wouldn't be some huge, you know, flight across an ocean to come visit us or vice versa. You know, we would just drive up and see them. And, you know, that makes it really a big difference when you, when your parents say, okay, we're going to come spend, um, you know, a few weeks with you in your home, but your home is in a foreign country with a foreign language and different foods and different traffic signs and um, different customs, different manners, you know, especially, especially depending on like the family that you have here and the friends you have here. And what I think the most important difference that I really notice when he comes here is um, like... It's very easy for Americans to live in a certain kind of bubble. And I've mentioned the bubble before on the show, how uh, you live in America and you kind of see the world. uh, You know, like in in the past, they used to think that the earth was the center um, of the universe and the sun revolved around it. And then you find out much later with, you know, with advanced technology and and scientific discoveries and whatever that you and equations you find out that actually the sun is the center of this solar system and that the planets revolve around it um it's kind of like that with americans some americans where they they're still in, in kind of in a mental place where america feels like the center of the world and that the rest of the smaller countries or bigger countries 
revolve around it. And when someone like my dad visits Germany, you really, you really see that. You really see that he compares everything about everything to America. And sometimes not even just to America as a whole, but he compares everything to his small southern town, which doesn't even begin to make sense. If, I don't know. if I wouldn't compare like the only American city, maybe two American cities that I would compare like most of the world to would maybe be like New York City, maybe maybe Los Angeles. I don't know, but or maybe Washington. You know, it's it's really hard to say because if you once you step out of America, that bubble pops. You know, and you especially when you live live abroad for so long somewhere else, you start to see, oh, okay, okay, uh, America is just one puzzle piece on this giant board of puzzle pieces that all have to interconnect and intertwine to make the big picture, like Earth, you know? Uh, America is just one piece of that puzzle. It's not, like, the other countries aren't the puzzle pieces and the final product being a picture of the American flag, you know what I mean? It's just one, it's just one piece along with the other pieces. And over the last weekend, um, you know, I love my dad, I do, but there's so many things that we just so violently disagree on. And I've had to tell him that, you know, please stop talking about politics. Please stop talking about America. We just will not agree. You know, and then he'll say something like, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that's, you know, and then try and kind of play it off like we're having fun. And it's just not fun. The There's one thing he um, says that I do agree with, because it is a kind of a true blanket statement about the times we're in, which is that uh, America is extremely divided, extremely divided, extraordinarily divided. <laughs> And I mean, it's like night and day, you know, and that's the one part of all of this that I actually really agree with. And I think it's because of that, uh, (laughs) it's because of that truth that when he tries to bring up politics with me, like I see that it's, it's so divided that he doesn't see it even how far on the other side of this uh, rift he's on from me. You know, if this was an, a, a piece of ice in the Antarctic and it was cracking down the center and you had to really just run to a side before it separates, he obviously chose a, a, a particular side of the ice and I absolutely chose another side of the ice and we just drift further and further apart over this, you know, cold black ocean of information. We just drift and drift and drift. Um... And it's gotten worse. It's it's gotten much worse. And my views on things, I think I didn't know that they were liberal. You know, I did. I think I didn't know that my feelings about things were were like democratic. <laughs> uh, which is funny saying that because for people who who know this, you know, America has two major parties, and it makes it very hard to have a nuanced opinion about anything at all. 
And we just talked about the German um, election on this show. We had like two episodes about it. And I think that's so interesting that these German parties have to reach a certain percentage. They have to reach like 50%. And if your party has 20 and that one has 30, then you work together. You, you know, you compromise and create a coalition to rule that country uh, together. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's complicated and stuff, but once I, once I got it, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And I kind of wish America did things like that too. I wish they could split up the Republican party into like three categories. That way people like my dad, who used to be kind of more center, right? You know, he, at least I thought he was, he didn't seem so borderline you know, QAnon-ish. He's, he's, he's not QAnon, but he's just so, his, his, some of his views and some of his statements are so far into a direction that I would never, ever imagine him saying sometimes, you know, and it makes me feel so bad for him, which, you know, he would find that very patronizing and, and, and condescending, I'm sure. And, and, he, the problem is that he could be a very intelligent person. And he really believes very much that he is. Um, but the problem is that the stuff that he's allowing to get into his head about how America works is really twisted. Um, I mean, there was one argument we were having just a few nights ago, just over the weekend, where he was really just blatantly spewing some alarmist rhetoric from like Sean Hannity or something from Fox News, like this, um, like fear mongering sort of thing. Like they're taking something away from you. And he was saying, um, (laughs) he was saying that there was some school that was teaching critical race theory, which for first off, I'd love to know which school and in what format were they teaching it? Because it's not a curriculum, it's not like a lesson plan or something. It's just a, it's just a way of thinking about the world, like about the, the way the systems in place are inherently racist, and how you uh, want to try and avoid making future decisions that could lead to, you know, inhibiting other races from achieving equality. And for me, like, <laughs> even if he doesn't believe that systems in place are inherently racist, doesn't the description of that sound nice? Like, wouldn't you as somebody who's, who to themselves says like, oh, that's such bullshit, you know, America isn't that racist, but then you have a program saying like, well, okay, you know, maybe, maybe some things aren't as racist as you think, or maybe they're a little more racist than you give credit, but isn't it nice to know that there's a program in place, um, to help the future kids of the world make sure that certain things from the past aren't repeated or that they become more aware of all the systems in place so that we can like build a stronger future. And like, like even just if I didn't believe that there was so much racism in the States and then someone tells me what critical race theory is supposed to help with, I would still be like, Oh, well, I mean, it sounds good anyway. I don't really think it's that big of an issue, but why not? It sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, but in reality, it is a huge issue, and I think that's a great thing to, um, to get into kids' heads. And so we're sitting together, and he starts talking about critical race theory, and he says there's this one school that was teaching it, 
and um some you know it was so vague like some little girl from of course it's like some little innocent little girl goes home to her uh, i'm guessing white mama and says something like why are you the devil <laughs> which i just I can't i cannot imagine that that's real at all and i and i know it's not and even if even if some parts of that are true, it's not exactly like that. You know what I mean? Maybe some girl, maybe some little girl learned about the system and then went home and was like, why, you know, you know, do you and dad know about like the decisions you're making or something? You know, I'm sure it wasn't like, why are you the devil? Um, and th- that's the, that's the kind of this alarmist, uh, rhetoric that I'm talking about. You know, you have people, you have this like opinion pieces from Fox News, and this is nothing new for anybody, anybody who knows anything about the world at all, anyone who's ever watched like a single episode of just, I don't know, John Oliver or something, you know who these, who these people are on the, on the far, far, far right on this conservative news programs. And they, they, they just saying really like really bombastic opinion pieces to scare people and it's really disgusting what they do and how they do it. And it's really depressing. And I always thought my dad was better than that. You know, I think a few years ago when I first moved here, uh, I was visiting and we started asking dad because I knew that he was very Republican. And I, I, I knew that. And I think I was really scared that he was going to vote for Trump. And then I knew that he was going to do that. And he did do that. Um, but I really... I was having these conversations a few years ago with him and I think he tried to either, I don't know, blend in with my new lifestyle as someone who lives in Europe or if he just didn't want to tell the truth. And he said that he got his news from BBC, I think, Um, which really surprised me because some of the things he was saying was very, very conservative and and not, not that BBC can't be conservative, but, um, some of his stuff was very strongly opinionated takes on some uh, events that had taken place and news like BBC or Al Jazeera or let me see, uh, like Deutsche Welle, for example, they, you know, these, these, these international news programs aren't going to be like, this is things that you should know to keep your child out of danger. Critical race theory being taught in schools. A little white girl goes home to her mother and calls her the devil. Is this the kind of is this the kind of extreme hyperbolic rhetoric that you want taught in your schools? People, the blacks of this country think that they don't have a leg up. Well, they need to pull up their bootstraps and get themselves to work because you know people are taking advantage of welfare and everyone's just so lazy. And Reagan had it right when he did this with the housing authority and. It's just so, uh, uh, it's so much, you know, it's, it's very, it's very exhausting. Um, it's very exhausting. And, um, that's the kind of stuff that he's been spewing out the last few days. These kinds of, I mean, just borderline propaganda Trumpism stuff. That's just, you know, the world isn't that bad. Um, but there are some things that, well, okay, here's what I mean to say by the world isn't that bad. 
um, the world is bad and there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. But what I mean by that is he, he even talks about like Christmas as, uh, through this negative sort of scared lens. You know what I mean? He, um, he was talking, he was talking over the weekend and he was talking about Christmas and he was saying, somebody had asked him about, um, what Christmas is like in the States and how is that in our family and stuff. And you know, if somebody were to ask me about Christmas in America, I mean, I would have plenty to say, you know, uh, as a kid, it was so fun for me to open these big presents under the Christmas tree and we would, you know, whatever, go to church on Sunday and there was Santa Claus and all the movies and we would every, you know, every single Christmas day since I was like 10 years old, we'd go to the cinema and watch a movie on Christmas day, like a matinee film. I love that. I think that fed into my passion for movies, you know, and I would talk about um, how, you know, every once in a while, every few years, there might be like a little bit of snow and how I enjoyed being off for Christmas break and how friends would come over and we'd play our, our new video games together. And I had all these fresh clothes and I was so lucky to have this kind of Christmas as a childhood. And, um, my mom makes this food, she makes this special breakfast, and she makes these special meals, and she works really hard, and, like, Christmas is great, and you, have, you know, and not even in just in my family, then you have, like, the greater American experience, then you have, like, all the shopping mar- markets playing, you know, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, and you have all this, like, Christmas jazz that's played over and over and over in all the gas stations, which I kind of like, it's kind of cozy, and you have movies like Home Alone, and you know, you, you, you deck the halls with boughs of holly and, you know, la 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 And it's just nice. Christmas time is nice. In America, you know, it's a capitalist country, but it, it's like a little sweet dream. Christmas is just a little sweet dream and it's nice. So why, when he's asked about Christmas, does he speak about it in such a negative, 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 serious way? You know, that's, that's how I would respond about Christmas, right? And then someone asks him about Christmas in America, and he goes, well, um, you know, it used to be a Christian holiday. It used to be time where we could appreciate Christ. And people forget about Jesus Christ, you know, and now it's all about, you know, killing people on Black Friday, you know, Black Friday, yeah, that's this, now it's a, a sales holiday just the day after Thanksgiving, and you know, they have big discounts on all this stuff and people get shoved and killed in the malls trying to just buy stuff, you know, and it's all about credit cards and it's all about going into debt for stuff you don't need. And it's just, it's really hard to see that. It's really sad to see that people just forget about Jesus and spend. And, and then I'm standing there next to him like, Hey, it's not that bad. What are you talking about? Like, you're like, yeah, a lot of people go shopping on Black Friday because America is a capitalist country and it loves money and it loves credit card debt. And you're in credit card debt because you have done the same thing. It's just like it takes a it takes a very strong willed person in America to not go buy a lot of things at Christmas time. It's just this pressure to to make your family happy and that and, and to make your partner happy. And Christmas, although a very marketable holiday, still has a lot of magic in it. And where do you get this thing that people are forgetting Jesus? Like, you're a Christian, you go to church, you haven't forgotten Jesus, so 
what does it matter if anybody else, like if what anybody else does? You know, he talks about it in this way of like, our whole world is just burning and collapsing around us because everyone's just doing the wrong thing and so, so sad to see it. And it's like, dude, you're doing the same stuff, okay? You're doing the same stuff. You're also playing into the credit card company's hands and you're also just, you're doing the same stuff, man. You're not, you know, he puts himself as a separate entity from, from like the standard American. And maybe, maybe I'm rambling off into a, a tangent that's, that's off my point off my thesis here, but it's just this thing about him being so uh, frustrating sometimes. But yeah, so that leads back to this this um, alarmist sort of Fox News rhetoric, where it's just like he talks even about Christmas in this negative, terrifying, there's a war on Christmas way, you know? And I can I can guarantee he's watching people like Sean Hannity and going like, yeah, or, or was it Lauren, Laura Ingram? And he's like, yeah, there is, there is a, there is a war on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, a, I, I passed by a, um, a, a gas station and somebody had a sign begging for coins on the side of the street and they said, happy Xmas. <gasps> Xmas. How could they? Those, those blasphemists, those heathens, those <laughs> Satanists. It's like, maybe he just didn't have enough room on the Board, you know, like I don't know. Why is it such a big deal what people do if it's their um what is it? If it's their choice? <laughs> could it could it have been that simple? If it's if it's their desire or their opinion, it's like if it's their pr- private choice to, for something like that. Subjective. Some people don't even celebrate Christmas. I don't know. I'm going off the rails here. Um the most like so all right the thesis of this of this whole thing is basically um he brings up these political conversations and it shows me as an immigrant living here seeing how the rest of the world works paying attention to you know updates and news and events from not just inside of america but around the world now, because that's what the rest of the world talks about. They talk about the whole world. <laughs> um, being here and living in this new kind of way just really shows me when someone like my dad visits how far separated Americans uh, mentally and, and philosophically just can be. And it's really disheartening. It's really disheartening. I didn't think my dad was that far off the rails. I didn't know that he was such such a heavy, deep, far-right, conservative, you know, borderline paranoid, um, I, don't, I don't even know of a noun to follow all those descriptions. It's just too much. He's, he's just really, he's so far off the, far, 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 far right than I would have ever have thought. Because he used to seem like someone to me who was um, conservative and and right um, politically, and but and that was enough. I thought, okay, I don't know really what Republican. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, I don't really know what, what Republican means. But my dad's a Republican, so maybe that's the right thing to do. And I thought Democrats were kind of weird. I didn't know, you know, anything about politics. And all the way up until like college, 
I just never really had an, a, a political opinion about anything. I just, I grew up in a certain way with certain friends. We never talked politics. We just didn't care about it. And finally in college, I start surrounding myself with people who are very political and start explaining things to me in a very simple way. And then some people getting me some information. And then of course there's YouTube and you start learning like, oh, 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 okay. I see, I see, I see. And it's really interesting to, um, it's really interesting to go back and think about how I just didn't know that my thoughts were democratic or like liberal at all. I just, just eventually in college, I found out what that was, but I remember if, if someone were to ask me, even as a high schooler or younger, um, like, do you think America is uh, racist? I would have said like, yeah, definitely. I, I see it. You know, I, I see it. I feel it. You know, you feel it all around you. I mean, in the South, you have, you, you don't even have, in my school, there was like in my grade, there was two black kids and one Mexican kid. And, you know, it sucks that everybody at that school um, was pretty divided on just those three very nice people, you know, Jose, Asia, and Bobby. Cool people. And you had this divide that young. For me, I just, I, saw, I noticed that they stood out. But I was very good friends with, with Bobby and with Aisha, actually. Like, we were always really cool. And I didn't think anything about, like, race with them. But my dad or these older kids would be on the opposite side of that spectrum. And you could hear, like, these, this language and these names that they would use for them. And it was a very, it always put a very, very bad taste in my mouth. And I think what I'm trying to say is that I kind of always assumed my dad was above that. And like that he was, yeah, that he was smarter than that to fall, to fall into this sort of like fear mongering black people have the same, black people have more rights than I do. I mean, it's just so disgusting. So stupid. He just really doesn't get it. He just really doesn't get it. And like the, like one of the very first conversations we had here with him, he brought up George Floyd and he was saying that he was saying that George Floyd's, you know, media coverage was purely, you know, democratically fueled propaganda to like to nab the black vote and he just it's just like don't you see how <laughs> the murder of George Floyd happened at a really 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 like important crucial time in American in the American zeitgeist like that was the like the tipping point for people losing their shit and they just couldn't they just couldn't ignore it anymore you know, and then you have so many people, you have so many other people like Trayvon Martin as well, who just, you, he didn't even mention that because as for him, it wasn't as annoying or as bothersome. 
as George Floyd, you know, and he said that all these black, black lives matter movements are just people. It's all, he's like, it's all about votes, just about the votes. Just it's like, it's about people's lives. And if votes can help save someone's life, then we should think about that. And he's just, he's just really, okay, I'm sorry. I, I know that this is kind of a depressing episode and I know that I've ta- I've repeated myself a lot. It's just, this has really bummed me out to, to see that it's, um, it surprises me that, that politics is now something that I consider very important because I didn't for so long. I kind of wish I would have earlier. I wish I would have educated myself more earlier. And it's really exhausting to have like to, to be uh, in a conversation with my dad where he talks about um, racism or when he talks about um, welfare or when he talks about, yeah, critical race theory or whatever, or COVID or anything, you know, he, he says things like, oh, there's not even any COVID in our, in our neck of the woods. It's like, what do you mean? America's still leading in cases and deaths. It's just so, well, I don't know if you can hear that, but there is some drilling in, in my building uh, today over the week. So you might hear some noises in the background, um, but I don't know if I can, if I'll really go too much longer anyway, just cause I feel like I'm, I feel like I've really been dragging this on, but, and I'm sorry for that. I think I just needed to get this out of my system a little bit. It's just, um, I, th- now that I'm here, now that I'm here in Germany, I really, I really feel how different I am from him. And the sad part is, is that whenever we talk, he still really comes to me f- comes at me from this angle, like, he has to teach me. He must, like, oh, <laughs> Jordan. Oh, Jordan. You know, you'll understand one day we'll have to, um, we'll do a little lesson, you know, and uh, it's okay if you don't understand, you know. Oh, <laughs> And if we have good points, he ignores them or talks over them or uses them in some way to twist back to his point. And it's just very, um, it, it can just be very, you know, the condescension can only go so far before you're just like, stop it, stop it, let's stop talking. And speaking of that, let's just stop talking about it. Let's just stop talking about it now and let's try to um, come back down to a cool place, to a calm place. I've, I've, I've dragged you guys through the ringer here with this one. I know that this was a heavy episode. I know that it was a repetitive episode. And I know that I just basically vented about this one particular problem. But I, it's just interesting to me to see how far you can separate from your own family um, politically or mentally, sometimes even emotionally, just by moving to a different country. And I wish so badly sometimes that I could encourage him or, or um, interest him in absorbing his his news from an outside source because um you know i'm i'm not i'm also you know even on the democratic side although i i believe what i'm being told um is more accurate um there are still voices that are, make fun of the right to an extent that the right would never listen to them i've had this complaint before um i enjoy Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers and Trevor Noah and John Oliver. Of course I do. It's made for people like me. But, you know, these people are definitely democratic and they definitely mock the right. And it's very, 
um, it's impossible that uh, I couldn't imagine ever that anybody on the right would want to watch something from them and learn something and go and maybe change their opinion. It's just not going to happen. And the same thing would happen if someone tried to show me a Sean Hannity special or a Rush Limbaugh program or the, the Steve Bannon podcast or whatever. It's just like that stuff isn't going to convince me of anything. It's just going to show me how much further wrong they are and how vicious that I think they are and how um, racist and, and uneducated and, and selfish that side of the world is. And that's, that's really the main problem. He's, he was right. In the end, there's that one thing. It's just as divided as it's ever been, ever. It's so divided. It's crazy. Um, and it really is exhausting. Yeah. Um, so uh, in other news, what's really nice, like the nice things about this visit uh, is showing them like the good beer and the good food of Germany. And it's just really um, cool to see them try new things, whether or not they like it or not. It's just you know, to, to see them, see the mountains and to, um, to see where I live and to, to get the updates on our life and everything. It's, it, that part is interesting and, and they've, they have been helpful, um, in their own ways. And, uh, especially my mom has been extremely helpful with everything. So it's definitely like a blessing to have them here for those reasons. It's just, I see now with my dad that we, aren't going to be on the same page anymore. And I, I'll just have to get used to that. I had to do a little edit there, but I hope you don't mind. That's the real deal, everybody. Um, yeah, you know, I think I'll just wrap it up there. I just, I, I, you can probably tell that I sound very tired. Um, didn't get much sleep last night. Had a very long weekend. Uh, hope I didn't drag you guys down too much. Um, but in general, you know, it's a new week. It's a new chance. And, you know, I have to try and see the positives for, for what they are and also just try to embrace um, the, the parts of my life here that I like so much. To not dwell too much on the things that have changed in my dynamic in that relationship or to dwell too much on what life I might have had if I had never left the South, but more to, um, to be thankful that I'm here and I have a chance to have this outlet and I can, you know, talk your ears off. Hopefully you're still listening. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to have like this little special episode and I appreciate you guys listening. I know it's a little uh, shorter than usual. It's just, you know, these days I have just the smallest windows of time to get things done. So I really wanted to give you a unique show. I know we did a repeat last week, so I wanted to give you something fresh. And this was just so much on my mind. Uh, that I just wanted to talk about it. Um, but I love you guys so much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of your, of your loved ones. Um, take a deep breath. Love yourself. Everything's going to be okay. This, as always, um, is one of my favorite things to be able to have the luxury of doing, being able to talk into this microphone for you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, if you if you haven't shared this show yet with a loved one or with a, a partner or a friend, you know, that, that helps us so much when you can put a little comment or a little subscription down below on wherever you listen to this platform, uh, whatever platform you listen to this show on, you know, any sort of interaction really helps new people find us. So as always, um, thank you so much for listening and... 
make sure to, you know, subscribe and comment, rate, however you want to involve yourself. You can follow us on Instagram. We're on TikTok as well. Um, YouTube videos will be coming back this month, hopefully. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, And I love you guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Jordan Prince, and this is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.